to mocktails, cocktails, and murder. Must be seventy this weekend. Hopefully, don't curse it. Mm. Uh, Utah is cursing this weekend. I know. So. Yeah, right. I have to wait till like May. You want to take a guess? But the strawberry for yep. sure. Yep, yep, yep. Let me try again. And it's blended. cheat so I'm not going to say the other because okay. I can't tell if I know it because I know it or know it because I tasted it. That's true. Proceed. Proceed. Alright, so this week's drink is a virgin strawberry pear daiquiri or mango pear. What did you put in it? Uh, coconut rum. Ooh. Because it has coconut water in it. It's like oh, a okay. healthier strawberry daiquiri. So it has strawberries, it has a lime, and then it has two juicy pears that you like blend all together. And then we have coconut water, and that's it. Take it away. That's it's really good. So it'd be nice. Pretty simple, but light. With an umbrella and a opposing fan kind of situation. on reviews so uh, I usually am pretty good about checking them apparently not this time because <laughs> we had one more additional review that was posted on December 25th of 2021 so only a couple months behind yes <laughs> um, and it was a five-star rating and it just said an absolute joy so thank you MX Sandy 12 thank you so much a five-star and a review Thank so you. far, we're five out of five, and we have five ratings. Hey. So keep it up. That's like lucky, Ooh. right? Five, five, five. five. It's better than six, six, six. six, six, six. So. Hey. Each their own. I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this week is Terrica Case, my case. And are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, no. Here we go. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So. So Terry Copeland was born in Oklahoma in 1914. You always pick the old cases. I know. This one I randomly came across and I was like, say what? I feel like that's, yeah, sounds like a good time. Yeah. But it, yeah. Uh, so he did have a hard childhood, but I couldn't figure out like exactly what that meant. I feel like probably every childhood in 1914 was hard. Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot harder than 2022. <laughs> yeah. Mm, but maybe not 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... He ended up dropping out and began to still in his 20s, um, which is during the Depression. He started writing bad checks and then stealing money that way as well. Um, so two years later, he was actually arrested for forgery. Then he got married and had some children, but he continued to steal and do forgery. So he moved his family um, like a lot due to breaking the law okay so like once like the officers like started catching on he was like and goodbye like, bye gotta move um, again kids which i'm like wouldn't it be hard to move <laughs> not if you steal stuff i guess that's true i just imagine like moving with my like family of four let alone his him and his wife gay had six kids oh my goodness so eight people that they just shuffled around. Which I I'm like, Ooh. four kids are nuts. Quite enough. Me too. <laughs> Props to you it. all if you have More bigger families. Props both ways. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they ended up settling down in, and I looked this up, so hopefully I don't butcher it. Mooresville, Missouri. Okay. In 1967. So Faye did actually have, like, honest-to-penny jobs during this time. Ray worked for the farm that they lived on and then um, continued to break the law. Nice. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So beginning in 1970, they began to hire hitchhikers and homeless people to help around the farm. Oh, boy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So neighbors did state that they were nervous of this and um, started to worry when the hired help would just disappear. (laughs) Ray would say they left on their own accord, not liking the work. So unknown to the Copelands, the police had actually been watching them for about three years when they started. Well, they stayed still for a while, huh? Yeah, because he wasn't. I don't know, I guess they were just abiding time, the officers. He was feeling fulfilled, perhaps. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, he got kind of arrested, but nothing huge. And so I think they were like, cool, I can handle little stuff. Little jail time's fine. Big, no. I don't want to do that. (laughs) So so they ended up um, watching them for about three years when they started to notice the pattern of fake checks from the workers from the Copeland's farm. So Ray and the workers would actually go to livestock auction bid, write a bad check for the bid that they won, oh, no. <laughs> take the livestock, and then basically flip them. So they would resell so them and take the cash. Um, so by the time the auction place realized that the check was bad, the livestock was and gone. the men disappeared. Um, and so and I, I'm assuming everybody knows, but back in the day, checks took forever to get like verified yeah and everything. it was Nowadays, a couple it's days pretty was... much instant like, yeah most people don't do checks yeah and if they do it's true. like a card yeah ran so um it typically like would take days to get it all verified and then by then for all you young whippersnappers right i'm like i'm like i feel like i'm pretty young but just like i learned about checks i never actually used them but like just on the off chance <laughs> you're such a jerk you're so young <laughs> and we learned about it in financial class I don't remember the name of it. That was all I know about him. I could probably fill one I'm out. I'm glad but. I made an impression on you. <laughs> right. Um, so, let's see. 
Yeah, so they would go ahead and flip the livestock. Um, Ray used the hitchhikers to write the checks after he was caught doing it himself and then was banned from the auction house. So the timeline is basically they move there. He does all of like the bad checks and flipping of the livestock. So he um, then gets So they caught. didn't even really have a farm then. Or they had, like, land, but... So they had land, but I couldn't really figure out, like, what the land was actually utilized for. Like, Probably nothing. Really... Probably, like, a cover. So, yeah, you know, like, like I, I have a farm, quote-unquote, but not really. I just flip the Yeah, that is the one livestock. thing that's hard with, like, the older cases. Right. They tend to focus on, like, the case information and not, like, the little, yeah. little information right. that I always, like, want to find. <laughs> but, so... Then he, so then that's when they started hiring the hitchhikers and the homeless to help, quote unquote, with the farm. Oh, that's crazy. But they would create a bank account for the help. How sad for those people. Like, they're. Yeah. Um, and then they would take them to the auction house, direct them to the livestock. Then they would write the check, get the livestock, and then Ray would actually take over and flip the livestock. And then I'm assuming keep and the money. Keep the money, yeah. Yeah. So more than a dozen men worked for the farm from 1986 to 1989. When Ray was questioned about the bad checks, Ray claimed he knew nothing about it, claiming it was the worker's idea and that they wrote him bad checks as well. <laughs> Is that the simple answer? Yeah. So in 1989, late in late summer, Crime Stopper Hotline received an anonymous call. The call, <clears throat> excuse me, the caller claimed Ray's farm had human remains on it and then quickly hung up. Ooh. So in September 1989, the cops were able to track down a previous worker, 56-year-old Jack McCorn, Mc, McCormick, sorry. Like the seasoning? Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, he had been a drifter for years and was known to always be drunk. The officers proceeded to arrest him in Oregon for bad checks he did in Missouri. He claimed to know where the bodies were buried as he was the one to call the hotline. So cops were thinking it was a it was questionable as the Copelands were in their 60s at this point. Oh. Though cops knew of their crime, they didn't quite believe they kill, they could have killed. Either way, they decided to get a search warrant for the farm. October 1989, dozens of police officers and bloodhound, sorry, bloodhound dogs arrived at the farm. Some sources stated it took weeks to find anything, and others stated that it was like a matter of days. So I think it, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. So, um, so they ended up finding a total of five bodies. Um, there was. Four of them that were in a shallow grave. So there was Paul Jason Cowart. He was 21 years old um, and was killed October 17th, 1986. Sad. There was John W. Freeman. He was 27 years old and killed January 19th, 1986. There was Jimmy Dell Harvey, 27 years old, killed October 25th, 1988. There was Wayne Warner, the his age is actually unknown, and he was killed December 8th, 1988. Man. There was one additional body that was found um, in a nearby well. 
it was Dennis Murphy, who was 27 years old and killed May 1st, 1989. And then there was actually an attempted killing of Jack, who was arrested. And he... He was a crime stopper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he was 57 years old um, when he was... And then... So he was 57 years old when they caught up to him or was arrested um the attempt happened august 20th 1989 so um and then i kind of just like broke it down like by like the evidence and then the trial just to kind of get there's a lot of information yeah and so um so the evidence that the officers ended up finding was a 22 caliber marlin bolt action rifle hopefully that's correct uh, Sounds like it. <laughs> right? Sounds like good gun. Good gun name. Um, that was actually inside the Copeland's home. It matched the bullet hole to all of the victims. So there was also a camera case and a piece of paper that had 12 names that appeared to be the workers, including four of the victims, which had an X on them. Oh, jeez. Yes. This was to believe, this was to be believed to be Faye's handwriting. I do want to say that handwriting analysis can be iffy. Right. But they did announce, they did like analyze it and in the court and in the trial, they used that against her. Um, so they did keep all of the clothing and belongings of different people who had worked there as well. And this one really weeks me out. So it appeared that that Faye had actually made a quilt out of the victim's clothing. No, why? 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 I was, like, trying to figure out if, like, like they didn't have heat or, like, they were just utilizing So, it. she was in on it then. So, she does get convicted. Good. Spoiler. But there is some that believe that she had nothing to do with it. And I think, honestly, I can see both sides. I think she had knowledge of something. Right. I just don't know, like, what... Like, or how much, or if she actually did any of the killings or anything. She, pro- I, she probably didn't do any of the killings, I would imagine, but. Because I'm like, because here's my thinking. As so, the housewife or wife of the house, yeah. and back then doing the laundry and stuff, you, you would know what clothes are your husband's. Yeah. And I think it's very weird that that blanket was made out of just their clothes. Like, yeah. it's not like so she found the- them and. I don't know. That's the weird. only thing I could, because I kind of like, I got all the way done with all my evidence and all the case, and then I kind of actually came up with sources from the Copeland's family. Um, their grandchild um, had commented and had made the comment that the family believes that she had nothing to do with it. Um, and so I kind of looked at it from a different point of view. So my thinking, playing devil's advocate, yeah. is that the handwritten list, maybe she was trying to just keep track of who had worked there okay. on yeah. some level, or she knew something was off, so she was trying to just keep track of the people that came across their farm. And then the exes were the ones that she didn't know what happened to. Um, the clothing, maybe Ray just brought them home. And she didn't know, or that the the drifters had quote unquote disappeared, left behind their stuff. Maybe I just think poor. it's weird. I just think they it's used, weird. I think it is definitely like, it, it, that, weird. That that to me, like if they had just kept the clothes and like put it in the yeah. closet, 
but it feels almost trophyish to me. Yes. Like I'm gonna put it on display. Nobody knows what we what did. Yeah. You know, so that's, like that that's the only one that I like tried to play devil's advocate, and I was just like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, like it. And again, I don't know if if they had used other clothes and had other blankets right. that were like that, yeah. if this was the only thing that they like focused on. So I think that's also the other hard thing is we don't we only see what the sources want right. us to see. Right. Unfortunately, as with everything else. Yes, <sighs> but so that's all the evidence that they took to trial. Um, and then I also did come across Forensic Files. It's season six, episode five, that talks about the oh, Copeland's okay. Farm case. So they state that there was actually eight men. Um, I, and everything else, I only saw five. So I think the miscount comes from like the written list versus the cops were unable to confirm that all of the workers on the list, if they were actually alive or not, besides the five they were confirmed bodies. And- yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because they were drifters, there's not really a trail. Their family doesn't know them. And also, I think like they didn't have Facebook back then. You know right. what I mean? Like well, they had, they only had so many ways. Back to then, contact. they were even less than what they're seen now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're still unfortunately aren't seen as like a priority and. Well, and if they've, like, crossed state lines, right. like, even yeah. nowadays, that gets it's hard to keep track a of. gray area. So they were unable to confirm that all the workers on the list were alive or not. Three were never confirmed to be alive or dead. That is Thomas Park, Franklin Hudson, and Del Brake. Um, there, there is belief that they were killed, but they have never been found, but not confirmed alive either. So according to the show, it was nine days of searching that included search dogs, baffles, and lots of officers. They even brought Jack back to the farm. He then stated he probably mistaken the bones. Good source. A cop shortly found out Ray actually worked at a nearby farm to earn extra money. He worked mainly in the barn. Three bodies head to toe were found in that barn he worked at. So it wasn't actually on their property. Maybe that's where the eight comes from. Five and three. Yeah. So, um, and I think this is why there's a lot of belief that it wasn't them. Because it wasn't found on their property. Oh. Huh. It was found on the property that um, Ray worked right. at. So um, they were about two to three years old and wrapped in blankets. The clay ground did actually delay the decomposition. So, there was not enough evidence at that point to actually link Ray to any of the killings. There was just kind of like a hunch, I guess is the best way to say it. So, they searched another barn on the same property and under hundreds of hay and floorboards, they actually found another decomposing body. Six weeks later, they found another body in a nearby well. The belt on the victim was Dennis. So, all of these bodies are the victims that we already talked about. So Jack said that Ray had tricked him into a barn, stating a raccoon was trapped. When they went in together, Ray pointed it out to Jack a hole in the ground, and Ray wanted Jack to scare the raccoon out so he could shoot it. Jack looked away, and suddenly Ray had the gun pointed at him. Jack talked Ray down and made an agreement he would leave the area and not speak about anything. So this is when he attempted to kill Jack. So this is how they believe that Ray killed 
the other victims. So it was five months of silence until he, until Jack actually called the tip line. So they ended up doing dental evidence done by Ronald Gearer. Hopefully I said that right. Um, I, this is a, I don't, I'm going to butcher it. A forensic <laughs> I know I'm gonna butcher it. Orthodontologist. Orthodontologist. Or Orthodontologist. He's a teeth man. <laughs> he looks at the teeth of dead people. Well, I'm assuming alive people too, but oh, and uh, alive people. Oh, I'm not one. Uh, so he did a chart of each victim's teeth and compared them to the records. The issues were that they had missing teeth and records as old as 30 years old. Because, again, right. they were drifters. And so most drifters don't keep up on that. I mean, most non-drifters don't keep up on their teeth. So <laughs> I feel personally attacked. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So... <laughs> He actually used jawbones to identify Dennis Murphy. So during the trial, Faye actually stuck to her story that she knew nothing about the killing or the evidence found. She was even offered a deal that would mean spending less than a year in prison in exchange for information on the remaining seven people on her list, as it was believed they were killed too. She refused this offer. Ray attempted the insanity plea when that quickly failed, because who wasn't? Uh, He tried to do a plea deal, but the authorities were not having it. They went after him for all five murders and an attempted murder of Jack. I could not find anything on to why he thought he could get a plea deal. He's like, no, no, I'd like a plea deal, please. Yeah, I couldn't find, like, any documentation on, like, what was actually said besides the fact he was trying to do a plea deal. But, like, I'm like, typically you have something to offer. Like, you can't just be like, I want your whole apple pie. And I'm giving you nothing. Right. Like, yeah. So, um. Or typically they don't have enough evidence and they're worried about losing the case. But. Yeah. I don't think that's the case here. No. So, November 1990, during the trial, Faye tried to use the battered woman syndrome. Though it may be true, the jury could not justify her actions. She also had written Ray a letter saying it will cool down and everything will be fine. This was the letter that was used to match the handwriting on the list of oh. the names. So the bu- the abuse that Faye was talking about was only known to immediate family. I'm going to give a slight trigger warning because I am going to go over what um, Al Copeland, one of the sons, talks about the abuse. So just okay. a light one. Um, so he stated that one of the siblings was trying to get the last of the oatmeal off of his bowl, and apparently this annoyed Ray. Ray hit the sibling with a frying pan. Oh my gosh. Another time, a sibling was milking a cow, and if the cow kicked over the bucket, he would hit, Ray would hit them with a tool. <laughs> it's their fault that the cow kicked well, over the yeah, bucket. control the cow. Sorry, I shouldn't joke. <laughs> That's what I did, too. So, abuse from Ray was a daily occurrence. Ray believed they were less than him and not needed on this earth. Oh, sad. She, so, that was everything that Al Copeland said, and he seemed to be the only one that kind of spoke out about anything. Um, Faye was found guilty on all charges and sentenced to death by lethal injection. Oh, 
today's sentence was four counts of murder and one count of manslaughter. Four death sentences and life without parole for the manslaughter. So, and then I just kind of looked up, like, manslaughter is when you kill without any intent. Intent, yeah. And murder is, like, when you kill with intent. So, um, when Ray was informed of Ray... Faye's sentencing, he simply said, well, those things happen to you sometimes. <laughs> nice. Real stand-up like guy over there. Well, man. So Ray was sentenced in March 1991. Um, he was sentenced to death for all five murders. Good. They were the oldest couple to be sentenced to death in the, U- in the U.S. Neither was actually executed, though. Ray died in 1993 on death row. August 6, 1999, Judge Smith heard Faye's case and claims of abuse from Ray and her lawyer fought, stating the original jury wasn't given the chance to hear any of this. The judge overturned the death sentence. He let the conviction stand and the sentence to five consecutive terms of life without parole. So basically, she just wasn't going to get executed. Right. August 10, 2002... Faye suffered a stroke that made her left side partially paralyzed and unable to speak. In September 2002, Governor Bob Holden signed a medical parole for her. Her dying wish was not to die in prison. She was released to a nursing home in her hometown of Chillicotel? Question mark? Um, Missouri. (laughs) She died of natural causes in December 2003 at the age of 86 she left behind five kids and 17 grandkids so um yeah what happened to the kids did you i only found on one source i found that one of the grandkids had made a comment or two um about it and then i briefly spoke with one of the victims daughters um it was harvey let me get his full name uh jimmy dell harvey i spoke to his daughter um she was just a baby when it all happened so she actually didn't know um and she because i was trying to get more information about the victims and kind of who they were unfortunately um his mom just recently passed away too. Oh, sad. And so um, we kind of just chatted um, and just kind of talked about it. But um, I reached out to the Copeland's granddaughter and didn't hear anything back, which is understandable. Right. Um, but yeah, so from everything I read, there's like, I don't think that they think Faye had any involvement in it. So sad. Um, there was like one or two things that I saw, like not from the family, but just other people saying that they don't think they had any, like either one had anything oh, to wow. do with it. Um, and I could see that angle because it wasn't on their property per se. Um, but because of everything else, I'm like, that's yeah. just one small part of it. So yeah. I think it's really. And then the um, the bad women syndrome claim, um, I think, is hard too because 
the abuse itself wasn't known to anyone else right. besides the kids, which is typical. Right. Most people don't just abuse. Um, but I also think that if that is the case, I don't know. I think from the jury standpoint, I don't think that was justifiable enough right. to kill. So it just yeah. depends. But yeah. So that is the Copeland's killing. I'll show you a picture of them. They were the oldest couple in the U.S. Oh, crazy. So that's them. And then these are the victims. That's Dennis, Wayne, and Jimmy. And then John and Paul. And then these are the three that they can they couldn't confirm. So it's Thomas oh, Franklin sad. and Dale. So crazy. Yeah. So that is the case. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was an interesting one. It was. I like came I was searching for cases and it like came across and I was like, they look so loving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. So yeah. Um that's it for this week. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Do you want to follow us? We are on all the socials. Insta and Facebook are Mocktails, Cocktails, and Murder. And then um, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I'm losing it today. Uh, Twitter is MCM underscore sisters. And TikTok and is Mocktails, Cocktails, and Murder. Yep. And you can go there. And we mostly, so far, we've just posted our drink videos. So you can watch Tika make our fancy drinks for the week. And Hopefully it won't spill. Yeah. But if you know. do, that's okay. But it can help you. We always post the recipe, but um, I'm a more watcher, hand-on person. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, we are on all of the different podcast platforms. So review and give us some couple stars if you feel the need. Yeah. Share with your friends. Oh, email. Gmail. Oh, yeah. At mocktailscocktailsmurder at gmail. That's yeah. where you can connect with us. Some stories, cases, anything of the such. And some the last couple episodes, I have put up polls on, on Anchor. I think it goes to Spotify, too. But okay. you can vote on different things about the episode. So check that. that out. And I sure will. Yeah. But anyway, um, thanks for listening. We hope that you got some chores done. Or just drank some or drinks. Or just drank some drinks. Maybe drank the drink and got chores done. I don't know. I always do chores when I listen to podcasts. Yeah, so. I do everything. All right. Well, thank you. Stay safe and stay alive. Don't get murdered. Bye. 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 Thank you.